Welcome back, DGI Multiverse. This is DGI Mark, and this is issue number 29 of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. Uh, we will be diving inside the ropes today. Uh, Charlie is joining us via satellite, uh, much much like The Rock during any of his yeah. current runs in WWE. Um, <laughs> but uh, we will be diving inside the ropes today, uh, covering the last two weeks of professional wrestling. A lot has happened. Uh, a lot is coming up as well. Um, obviously, it's the holiday season, so a lot of shows are getting into the spirit, especially with our Wednesday night programming falling on um, the New Year's holiday. Uh, so we're going to talk all of that. We're going to talk some news, some things that's going on within the community. Um, and we will dive right into some news that, uh, came down in the last week of Vince McMahon sending some of the plus size talent, uh, back down to the performance center, uh, to do some additional in-ring work training. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Well, so, uh, you know, Everybody who follows wrestling in, in some way, shape, or form, right? They've, if you if you've been on the internet, you know that Vince McMahon has an infatuation with big, muscular men, right? Yeah. Uh, he he wants them to be the the uh, the poster children for the WWE. Even though it's been proven time and time again that you don't need a big guy to to be your your face, but um. Out of all the people that got sent down, right? So we know that, uh, or, or sorry, we don't know now, right? Well, we we've heard, um, you know, the the talent that got sent back to the or that has to go back to the PC to get polished and stuff. We have uh, Omos, who's AJ Styles' bodyguard, makes sense, right? Because he's not really a wrestler. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Dio Madden, who, you know, at one point was on commentary, got put through a table, came back, and as part of retribution, really hasn't done much of anything. Um, so, okay, that makes sense. He needs a little bit more work. Yeah, Otis, which, um, yeah, he's never been a guy that I've seen. Like, a lot of people loved, you know, heavy machinery. I've yeah. never, just never been a fan. So I'm like, yep, go ahead, send him back. The one that's puzzled me, though, is Keith Lee. Yes. Because this is a guy who has shown time and time again that he can put on great matches. He, you know, the, he was trusted to be the NXT champion. He was trusted to be the North American champion. He's had a great build. He gets called up to the main roster and, uh, you know, beats Randy Orton clean, mind you, uh, in his debut pay-per-view match. So it's weird to me that they think that, well, they being Vince McMahon, um, that Keith Lee needs more work. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, people shouldn't always do, you know, do professional development, right? You know, you get better, but taking Keith Lee and going and, and kind of cropping him in with those other guys, like it's uh, the Sesame Street, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. You know, like Keith, Keith Lee is the guy who, you know, he could potentially be a world champion. I think he will be a world champion someday, but uh, it's just weird that well, we, he got lumped into that group. We talked about it when he got called up that we thought it was too soon. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, like we, we've said time and time again on the show, we, we do stand to be very um, politically neutral um, when we speak on these topics because we, we, we're just giving you our, our, our pure 
unbiased opinion as fans so you can can enjoy our show. We don't want we don't want to inject our personal opinions on things. Now, most of the things we talk about is opinion based, but you're never going to see any sort of political bias established, I think, in our in our statements. But Keith Lee was pulled up because of what was going on in the world. There was no no other reason. And I hate to say this because we love Hurt Business. I think we we're both in the same boat that the four gentlemen involved in Hurt Business are, are more important to the company now than they've ever been. Um, and it's because I think the four of them together just makes sense. They don't get that opportunity without the stuff that's going on in the world. And we know that as fans, like when I hate to say this, when you watch the WWE product, people understand that the, the, the opportunities for the African-American wrestler in WWE, unless they're just outright undeniably the best in the world at what they're doing at the moment, they don't come often. You know what I mean? Like we can count on what one hand maybe two with a with a thumb the amount of african american world champions wwe's ever had um right. my but my point is i thought keith lee was a tremendous talent in nxt early on and i thought his in ring work has improved since he's definitely he's done what aj styles did aj styles came in with a certain style a certain demeanor and by the time it got to the end of his 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 trial run with WWE, usually within their first year, he was wrestling like a WWE wrestler. But he still had enough personality that you differentiated him from the crowd. So when Vince pulled up Keith, we both said the same thing. It's way too soon. He was like, what, three weeks, four weeks into his NXT title run before he starts making appearances on the main roster. Right. And we were like, well, he's a stopgap champion. That's all he is. And that's all he ended up being. And unfortunately, Karrion Cross got hurt, and that run couldn't take off. So the, the, the one guy who benefited off of Keith Lee's star burning so bright, but our star, you know, you know his star burning so bright was Karrion Cross, but Karrion Cross couldn't capitalize on it. So it made Keith Lee look weaker, it made him look weaker, and at the end of the day, anybody that was involved with Keith Lee and NXT also got called up, you know, um, and they're, right. they're a part of retribution. But my point, like you said, you know, he doesn't fit the mold of the other guys that got called up. You know, Dio Madden, um, I, I thought from what we saw, maybe they just don't trust what they've seen from him in practice because he hasn't wrestled. I don't think he, I don't think he's been a part of a match at Retribution. If he has, it's been like a six man tag match or an eight man right. tag. So he hasn't he hasn't been highlighted as much as Shane uh, as a Shane Thorne, who's pretty much wrestled every fucking week for Retribution. Um, but my thing is like that makes sense. Uh, they sent uh, like uh, Dabacado back um, to uh, to the Performance Center, which okay, I get. But he's a guy that has he's a guy that has an extremely unique look. I also think they're sending some of these guys back because they don't have anything for them. Like even a Keith Lee at the moment, like what are you going to do other than put him in the main event title picture? Because that's what you've kind of booked him as. And you know, I under like you said, Otis has never been overly impressive in in the ring. Don't get me wrong. He's never been like this guy that like I'm. Oh man, I can't wait to watch the Otis match tonight. Right, but. He's entertaining. He's got a good character, 
and he was a hell of a tag team wrestler. But for some reason, it was like Vince woke up and was like, you know what? I really like the guy who looks like Chris Farley. I think I'm going to push him to the moon. And then when he was sitting on top of the WWE headquarters with that Money in the Bank briefcase, it was like Vince had a fucking epiphany. He was like, damn, maybe we shouldn't have gave it to this guy. And it's right. nothing against Otis. It's it's just Vince being Vince. And we know we know Vince. Like you said, Vince loves over overly overly muscular men who probably shouldn't be wrestlers, but because they you know they look like they were chiseled out of stone, he gives them a shot. Um right. but I honestly I, I don't have a problem, especially I think it would be irresponsible for WWE at the moment to not take advantage of not traveling and and training their performers because that's what AEW is doing. Cody's going back to Georgia when they're not taping and a lot of these young you know, you know, young AEW guys, he's he's training them. And they're training them to wrestle the way they want them to wrestle on AEW, not the way they've been wrestling on the independent circuit. And I think I hate to say this because WWE's re- released a ton of performance center people over the COVID, you know, um, pandemic. AEW is starting to rival the talent that the WWE Performance Center had at, at the Nightmare Factory. You have guys like Sting, Diamond Dallas Page, Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes. Um, I mean, you're talking some pretty heavy names that are training the next batch of AEW talent. Now, don't get me wrong. AEW definitely falls into the latter category of physique and, um, you know, I guess, overall demeanor. But these guys work for them. You know what I mean? Like it works right. for it works for their demographic, the crowd that they're 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 trying to pull in for wrestling. But yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't bother me. I, like I said, I think it'd be irresponsible for WWE not to take advantage of it. I mean, they're in Florida permanently. It seems like probably through at least the, the first half of 2021. So so take advantage of it. You have a, a multi you know million dollar training facility for a reason down there. You know, send your guys down to by all means make your guys better before they hit the road again and knock some of that rust off. Well, and they're also utilizing, you know, guys like Drew, uh, you know, Drew Gulak and, uh, um, Adam Pierce. Yes. Which, you know, like as far as like Adam Pierce goes, like most people are just now kind of getting that, like, uh, Hey, look, he's on our TV, but they have no idea who Adam Pierce is. Right. Like, Adam Pierce was a wrestler. Like he, yeah. he, you know, he came up through uh, NWA. Well, he's he's a lot of other he's similar to um, who's the guy that helps Cody with the Nightmare Factory. Uh, Marshall, uh, Marshall, uh, QT Marshall. Uh, QT, right. you know, QT's been involved in wrestling for two decades now. You know, he, highly, highly, you know, you know, respected guy from the original ring of honor days. Um, It'd be like getting a Nigel McGinnis, right? Like, you know, in, in that regard, like guys like that, where they like for wrestling, like for people who are not just WWE fans, you know, or, or AEW fans or whatever your, your straight brand of wrestling is like, 
there are other wrestling companies or organizations out there and they do have talent just because they've never shown up on the biggest stage of them all doesn't mean that they're not good guys. It's yeah. just like, you know, the guy who can throw, you know, a 105 mile an hour fastball at your local carnival. But, you know, you never, you've never heard of the guy because, you know, he decided he wanted a blue collar life and, you know, he didn't want the, 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 to go play baseball or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you know, the talent is out side of of the mainstream um but you have a guy like adam pierce you have a guy like drew gulak to go and teach these guys some you know in ring you know be it um holds or or moves or whatever um but also the 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 storytelling behind each one of them like you know you can drew gulak doesn't get the 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 light shined on him uh so much on the WWE main roster, which um, is but, a know, shame. Live, right. Yeah. But in 205 live, you know, he was, you know, putting on good matches, you know, uh, and, and making that cruiserweight division, um, interesting because he, he has his own unique way. He's not a high flyer. He, he's a, he's a grappler. And, um, you know, when you get down to wrestling, like that's, that's what it originated from. Right. You know, yeah. the, 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 uh, you know, collar tie ups and, and all that stuff. So, um, but it, it's good yeah. that they have those guys there, uh, you know, and plus they have other wrestlers, you know, at the performance center, like you have other guys around. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, take advantage of that. But, um, yeah. So, you know, when we, you know, we talk like, obviously, you know, it's Vince's, it's Vince, unfortunately, you know, at times, fortunately at times it is, but fortunately at times it, it is, unfortunately at times it is Vince's world. Whether we, we like it or not, WWE is Vince's world. Until he steps down and says otherwise, it's his show. But I think we're starting to see the generational disconnect. It's starting to happen. Because as much as people want to dog AEW and call him like, you know, a poor man's version of WCW or, you know, kind of crack on it. Like, I think we're pretty fair. Like, don't get me wrong. We definitely, we definitely, in, I think me and you enjoy AEW's product week to week. If you're comparing like main roster to main roster, I think me and you are pretty much in agreement that AEW is doing a better job than Raw and SmackDown. Probably up until the last month. I think the last month Raw and SmackDown was booked well heading into Survivor Series, especially with Drew and Roman and the way they handled that. Um, But that was only a month. Literally, it's a month out of a calendar year that WWE's kind of had their shit together. Um, Where AEW, if you're treating them as main roster and not AEW versus NXT, I think AEW's consistently booking themselves better than WWE is, especially in the long term, because obviously the pay-per-views are spread out more and, and makes it easier for them. But right. when AEW sees almost to a default, when AEW sees a guy or girl or whoever getting over, they have zero problem with shooting them to the moon and in sticking with that person through thick or thin. Look at look at Dark Order. Like, Dark yeah. Order started out really shit. Nobody cared. When they came out and attacked the Bucks at the first pay-per-view, the crowd literally chanted, Who are you? Who are you? That fucking crushed them. There is, there is literally no recovery when you come out and don't cut a promo 
and the fucking crowd has no clue who you are. Yeah. So they pushed them back, started doing all these long booking vignettes and in, in video packages. And then eventually people knew who the dark order was. And then when people knew who they were, they introduced a leader to the dark order that everybody knew in Brody Lee. And do I think he was booked? Well, no, but I also don't think fans were clamoring to see Brody Lee win the world title or win the TNT title. Like he eventually did. They just cared that Brody Lee was now being booked in a prominent role and he was helping get over some of the other guys in that faction and nobody knew who the hell they were. But now you got Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, uh, John Silver, um, Alex Reynolds. Like you have guys that you now know who they are because Dark Order's been shot to the moon. And now there's talks that Adam Page is going to join the Dark Order. And then like, so like, it's one of those things that AEW doesn't have a problem riding that train even through some rocky terrain where now you have like, like Keith Lee. Keith Lee is a guy they shot to the fucking moon because they're like, oh, people really love this guy. He's, he's likable. He's got a good personality. He, he moves well for a big guy. He's got experience. He's got a backing. And then it was like, Vince was like, ah, yeah, well, he's a little chunky on the outside. I don't really like him. Send him back to the performance center. We're going to take him off of TV for a month and a half so everybody forgets who the fuck he is. But that's also, Vince. Let's, but let's give him a win. Let's let's give him a win on as you know the the deciding win at Survivor Series. Yeah, and then do nothing to capitalize on it. Yeah, and my thing is is like, but that's Vince. Like that's that's yeah. that's what the problem I think with Vince is today. And like I'm I'm looking at an article right now about how how Vince. Obviously, everything is fucking speculation on the internet, but you know how Vince feels about Matt Riddle. But I think there's been enough speculation on Matt Riddle's reputation backstage to believe some of the things we're reading. Um, and it's like, so the quote is, I mean, and don't give me, I, I hate quoting Dave Meltzer, but he is very well informed. Um, he just doesn't get the bro thing, but he thinks he's funny. So we got to keep him on TV. So once Vince stops finding Matt Riddle funny, Matt Riddle will be reduced to shitty gimmicks Shit matches, bar- not burials, just forgotten segments in comedy. That's what he's going to, until he makes Vince laugh again, Matt Riddle, a guy who on the independent circuit, yes, he had personality. Yes, he was funny. And I understand WWE, you have to be able to cut promos. You have to be to be able to engage an audience through the, through the camera. But Matt Riddle is a wrestler. Like in the purest form of professional wrestling of, you know, you know, gotch style and all the other stuff that, you know, predecessed the the entertainment eras, that's Matt Riddle. He just happens to come to the ring and kick his fucking flip-flops off like a child. Like, but at the end of the day, I'm not a big Matt Riddle guy. I think his fucking character is kind of stupid, if you ask me. And I don't think it has a long-term, long-term booking ability, but... He's great in the ring. He's convincing. You can make Matt Riddle a heel where he just takes nothing serious, but he obliterates everybody. And you could yeah. book that. And you could make just that. Make him a fighter. Yeah. Just make him a fighter. Make him like a shamrock style. Come you, out there. You could, yes. And then, and then make crack, then crack a stupid like surfer joke at the end of it that doesn't demean the character. Like, you could do that. You could do two personalities with him. But my thing is, is Vince is only keeping him on TV 
because he finds him funny. Not because he thinks he's gifted in the ring. Not because he thinks he has he has something tangible really to offer to the company. And I'm sure Vince sees the value in him and his sales and things like that. But like he's been Matt Riddle his whole fucking career, UFC and professional wrestling. He gets to the main roster and all of a sudden he's Riddle. Now that makes no fucking yeah. sense. This whole dropping the first name thing WWE does is fucking stupid. It makes no sense. And I don't know if if it's because when they call him Matt Riddle, when he leaves WWE, he's still going to be Matt Riddle because that's his fucking name. Because these guys are now smart enough to realize, like, yeah, if I don't use my actual name, uh, I'm not going to own anything when I leave this place. So right. the thing is, you know, I just I think it's irresponsible as a fan, not to sit back and start to acknowledge, especially being fans for how long we've been fans, Vince is, there is a disconnect between his audience and himself now more than ever. The things that we all are clearly finding interesting, NXT, AEW, the independent scene in the feel to it, you would think WWE would make Raw and SmackDown a little more, I don't know, homey so to speak, like, you know, we don't need all these bright lights and fucking pyro and all this. How about you just give us five good fucking matches a week? How about that? Between two, between, between five hours of television, we will give you an fucking hour opportunity per match to give us a solid 15 minute television match, 10 minute television match. Instead, I, I did the math the other night. I watched raw raws, three hours long from start to finish with commercials. Of the three hours, if you take out the commercials, you're looking at like two hours and 15 minutes, give or take. Of two hours and 15 minutes, you only got, fuck, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes of wrestling? Yeah. That's a problem. Like, I'm literally tuning in to watch you talk about wrestling on a wrestling show. And then people wonder why NXT, although the numbers live don't do well, but if you go back and look at the metrics for like the network and DVR viewings is so high, it's because they actually fucking wrestle. Like they, they actually, it doesn't matter like what's going on as far as build for the next pay-per-view. They actually take their time and wrestle. And that's, that's, I think a problem. I think, Triple H has figured out, like Triple H, you know, booking. I mean, obviously Vince has, has had a hand in over the last year of NXT, but you can tell that Vince has had a hand in NXT because it's not that NXT is fucking perfect. I don't want people to sit here and think that, I, not. That, that, that I think NXT is anywhere near as good as it was at its initial peak because it's not. But I do believe there is a distinct difference in the way that NXT and WWE are booked. Um, yep. uh, WWE main roster is booked. Um, so, and, and the thing is like, I've, uh, I've, I've said it, I think a thousand times on, on our show. It's, I watch wrestling to watch wrestling. Yeah. Right. I, I don't watch it because I want to see a backstage interview with Nia Jack and Lana. I don't watch wrestling because I want to hear Matt Riddle stoner joke. Yeah. Right? Like I watch wrestling because I enjoy the art form that is professional wrestling. Yeah. So yeah, you give me you give me a, a five minute promo, sure. You give I'll, you know what? I'll even give you ten. When you start getting into fifteen, twenty minutes and nothing is really getting accomplished other than, oh, I said somebody's name, like Kevin Owens says, and uh, here they come down the ramp, like, okay, and now this promo is gonna go even longer. It's like and it also shows like 
So you're not planning your show. I mean, they are, but they're not right. Like, yeah. are you not planning your shows? Like, uh, so we had one match on the card and, yeah. and that's all we were planning on. Like, no, it's a three hour show. Like you should have anywhere from eight to, to 10 matches planned. Yeah. Planned to go. Whether you get to them or not is fine. Advertise one or two. Give us three to four at the minimum. Right. Um, but yeah, I, so yeah, I mean, obviously that's, that's a lot of, like I said, a lot of that boils down to the, to the guy that's in charge and running the show. So, um, you know, it's like I said, it's Vince's world. We're living in it. Um, quick, uh, update. Uh, we are officially on the road to Russell kingdom 15 for new Japan. I know we haven't talked about much, uh, new Japan stuff since, uh, the G one, um, but they have confirmed matches for nights one and two of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, uh, Tetsu Naito uh, versus Koto Ibushi for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship. Um, Naito currently holds both belts, which we covered earlier. And I said I, I've been saying for a couple months now that I think he should drop one or the other um, and allow that belt to be stop being so handcuffed to one person. Um, Okada versus Will Ospreay in a singles match, which should be a good match. Uh, Tanahashi uh, versus Great Okan in a special singles match. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tachi as the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions versus uh, Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, to, uh, so Tomasa Tonga and um, company for Bullet Club will hopefully get their uh, tag team titles back. Um, Takashi versus uh, Phantasmo uh, in a non-title match. Night two, uh, we get Jay White uh, versus the winner of Koto Ibushi and Tensei Naito uh, f- for another championship opportunity. Um, Sanda versus Evil. Uh, uh, Tagaichi versus Jeff Cobb. Um, Ishiromore versus the winner of... El Fantasmo and Takahashi uh, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Um, so you're getting one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. Five matches night one, four matches confirmed so far for night two. So even if you get five and five, you're going to get some long matches. Because Wrestle Kingdom's a three-hour event. And they've only put... And they don't do no talking, no promos. So... Uh, that should be interesting. Um, I, I love Wrestle Kingdom. It's one of those shows that I, I definitely take the time to sit down and watch the whole thing. Uh, they went to the two-night format last year. I thought it was successful for them. Um, it just sucks because so much of their talent's in the States right now. Um, and they're doing the best that they can. And the f- good for them that most of the fucking talent they have right now are fucking phenomenal wrestlers. So um, I expect this to probably be one of the best Best cards of the year for them, as it always is. Um, uh, other pro wrestling headline news, I guess you could say. Uh, Fred uh, Rosser, formerly known as Darren Young, has been making some waves. He is now signed with New Japan as well. Um, apparently, he, he was turned down twice by AEW. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um and my thing is, I think, I mean, I hate to say it because I don't think Darren Young was a compelling wrestler 
when he was in WWE. Like I just never, his character right. never really clicked for me. I thought the best thing that he had was his his run with Bob uh, Bob Backlund. But yeah, um, my whole thing with him, like there, you know, him saying like, yeah, I wanted to go to W. You know, people ask me all the time why I wanted, you know, why I'm not in AEW, and like they didn't want me. I mean, it goes to show you that it clearly WWE, I mean, AEW isn't signing everybody. Um, cause Darren Young, I mean, Darren Young's not been associated with WWE for a couple of years now. Um, but apparently he's doing pretty well on, um, um, new Japan, getting his footing back, getting, you know, knocking some of this ring rust off. Maybe this is what he needs for his career. You know I mean? A lot of guys that we see yeah. that leave, um, leave the WWE and they take a year or two off or they, they, they kind of fade into the, into the dark, you know, abyss and they go to new Japan. They usually do find new life. I mean, look at, you know, juice Robinson. I mean, he, he was a, you know, afterthought in NXT and now he's a, he's a main guy for new Japan. And he apparently, I mean, he clearly loves life and loves what he's doing there. Um, He's also, uh, Darren Young's also been featured on NWA, um, United Wrestling Network's, um, Primetime Live as well, um, recently. Um, and then just, just for the sake of what we're going to talk about at the end of this, uh, end of this issue, um, we're going to talk about the cross brand partnership. Uh, that's formed between Impact and AEW and some implications and what our thoughts are f- for that. Um, Kenny Omega defended successfully um, at uh, Triple Mania 27, 28. Uh, he successfully uh, defended the Triple A Mega Championship versus Laredo Kid this past week. Um, and Laredo Kid tweeted out... Uh, Created a poll on Twitter of where he should wrestle next. I guess his contract with AAA is up. Um, and he tweeted out Ring of Honor, New Japan, or AEW. Um, so AEW may be getting a new um, a new uh, luchador here soon. Um, yeah, well, they need one with with Penta injury. What happened right? with What happened with Penta? Didn't he, Didn't he get injured? I thought he got injured. Uh, I am not sure on that. I have to look that up. I, I know he wasn't on. I thought, no, because I thought they wrestled this past weekend, this past week. Did they? Maybe it was just a scare then. I they had, they got I know they had, um, um, they, uh, Phoenix got hurt a few weeks back during the, the title qualifier tournament. Um, update on, yeah, it's right here. Pentagon injury status. Last week, a Lucha Brothers team up with during the bout uh, was taking out a match early by being sent through announcer's table, summer spot at last night's with Fumer Lucha underground being hit in the leg with a barbed wire bat and leaving his brother to fight for himself. He's dealing with a leg injury, which is why he only worked part of each of these matches. It's bad enough the matches to be laid out the way they were. So nothing nothing definitive about what his, what his diagnosis is. Uh, I know a lot of these guys are working injured right now. Kenny Omega's came out and said that he's working with a, um, a torn shoulder labrum, but they've been able to take care of that through just physical therapy. They don't believe he's going to need surgery. 
Um, these guys are warriors, man. They're working through things. Um, but no, yeah. So, I mean, Laredo kids obviously been a, a big star for, um, triple a, um, but most of those guys in triple a that, that end up being top guys for them, they do eventually make their way across the border and end up being, you know, stars or, or featured heavily on, on American wrestling as well. Um, so we'll get into our breakdowns of the last couple of weeks of shows. Uh, we'll start, we're just going to start with the main roster and the build of TLC. Um, as of right now, uh, we only have, I believe, five confirmed matches. We have Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens' program, Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Sasha Banks, Carmella um, for the women's SmackDown women's title. New Day versus Hurt Business for the Raw Tag Titles. And then Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler um, defending the women's tag titles versus Asuka and Lana, which is hopefully on the pre-show. Um, so uh, we'll just go from top to the bottom. Um, I think this is the this is Roman Reigns' real like first roster that's not a family member program in his new run I think it's been good I don't think it's been spectacular I think Kevin Owens brings a different level of passion to his programs but I'm still a big fan of Kevin Owens the heel versus the Kevin Owens we're getting right now um yeah I think Roman Roman as as a heel is head over heels better than anything Roman's ever done. So I can't complain about Roman the bad guy. Roman the bad guy has been great no matter who they put in front of him. It's just some of the characters against Roman work better than others. If I'm going to be honest with you, I would rather see Daniel Bryan in this spot right now. Um, well, I think we're going to get that. I think they're going to they're going to use that like because there's got to be a lot of. Uh, Filler guys in between now and WrestleMania, yeah. Um, so that Biggie can, I guess, get his this, shot. This is the first year in a while that I haven't, I haven't been able to put my thumb down on who I think is going to win the Rumble. Because I think it could go, it could go a hundred different ways at this point. Um, I know, yeah. obviously, you just said Biggie, but I think Biggie's being set up for the IC belt. Um, I, as much as you know, Sami Zayn beating him on Friday. Friday, I don't think that means anything. I think that's just a speed bump in getting Big E's singles character over. I think he's going to end up being um, the IC champion come probably Royal Rumble if we don't get if he doesn't get an IC title match at TLC and win it there. Um, yeah. So like I said, I like I like the Kevin Owens. I like the I like the Roman Reigns build to this point. Uh, obviously I don't foresee Kevin Owens taking the belt from Roman unless Jay costs Roman the belt. Um, but neither here nor there. I do like that both world title matches are being, um, decided in a, a traditional TLC match. Yeah. I like that. I like, I like ladder matches. Um, and I like that, like the, the whole purpose of the TLC match was not just to be able to use tables, ladders, and chairs. It was a ladder match that included tables and chairs. Yes. And so using, using, using the TLC match in the way that it was meant to be used. I'm a fan of. And so, and you're going to have a guy like AJ Styles. that's going to do some awesome stuff. Um, in his match against, uh, Drew against Drew. 
And then, you know, with, with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, you're going to get some gnarly, I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you're going to get some gnarly looking power spots. Yeah. Onto onto a ladder or a table, or and my something. and my whole thing and my whole thing though is too, you know, how many times have we watched the TLC pay per view where the world title match is just like a plain match, which I can't complain right. about because obviously we get a ton of gimmick stuff to begin with, but my my point is I just think you know we have we 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 have a paper you know we have we have a pay per view named after a match that sometimes never gets featured on the match. Um, but so, yeah, so that's that, um, the drew AJ styles program. I'm kind of disappointed into this point. Um, maybe it's just the, it's just the, it's the, the hangover from survivor series where I thought drew and Roman were hot, like in a, like as far as like a, a program together, I thought that was a very high profile match for both of those guys. And it seemed like it was kind of wasted at Survivor Series. I mean, the match was good. The build was good. But now, like, the fallout of it, you're like, well, Roman's back to just demolishing his side of the brand. And Drew is kind of waiting for somebody to step up and be his next Roman on Raw. But unfortunately, there's not a guy that, that's at that status quo yet. And I hate to say, like, I don't, I'm not crapping on AJ Styles by any stretch of the imagination, but he spent the better part of the last month and a half, two months, standing in front of a guy who towers over him and makes him look like a small child. Um, like, he's never, like, he's never been the biggest guy in any grouping or any pairing that he's been in, but he's never been so overshadowed, I think, by the person behind him. And then it, like, started to kind of turn it into, like, a buddy comedy act. Towards the end there with Survivor. Like, I didn't know you talk. Oh, yeah, I talk all the time. You just like, it's like my cousin Vinny. It was very, very poorly right. done. Especially for a guy that's like supposed to be this badass that now is going to take the belt from Drew. I just don't believe it. So right. I, I think Drew, I think Drew is going to keep the belt. And if he does lose it, I don't think he, I don't think he loses it in, in, for long term. He gets the belt back by Royal Rumble at the very minimum. Um, cause right. I don't think they're going to put Drew in the rumble match and have him win it again. Cause I think that would just piss people off. Um, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton are continuing their feud from two years ago. Um, when nobody cared, I guess they think if they throw the fiend mask on it, more people are going to, I do have to say that the build has been interesting and better than the previous Wyatt, Randy Orton feud, um, which saw Randy Orton joining joining the Wyatt family and then burning down the compound and doing all the bullshit that they did. Um, which if you really think about it, that was kind of the birth of the off site, you know, cinematic match for WWE too. But, yeah. uh, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting, uh, to see how the fiend handles Randy Orton, whether or not he just outright crushes him or if Randy Orton can somehow pull off the victory and if he does, I think the fiend's dead in the water at that point. I think Bray Wyatt has to dispatch of Randy Orton because I think ultimately, I think your role or your WWE championship programming into WrestleMania is probably the fiend versus Drew McIntyre. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you can, if you, if you, there's a lot of time between now and WrestleMania. Unless you unless so, you bring back unless you bring back Brock, you could. 
or or I keep I keep hoping, even though their their faces now call up UE. <laughs> yeah, and I mean have Drew McIntyre, Adam Cole. That's a possi- that is a possibility. We'll see. I mean, we'll see with that though. Um, Sasha Banks versus Carmella. Uh, once again, WWE is doing a tremendous job of making me not care about their women's division. Um, I don't know what the appeal of Carmella is. If she's your cup of tea, cool. I mean, I get her appeal. Trust me, I get it. Yeah, I understand why she is heavily featured in in pleather red attire every week, but. In the ring, she's mediocre. She's not a women's champion caliber wrestler at the moment. She, I don't think she's ever really been one. She plays a heel really well, so that kind of gives her leeway because she doesn't have to wrestle as much because she can be kind of Weasley. Um, right. I hate to say this, like as much as I respect Sasha in her current run kind of getting over as a face, she's still very... If I'm if I'm ranking people's ability to talk on the mic in the in the women's division, it's it's Becky Charlotte or Charlotte Becky one A one B, and then there's like a giant fucking gap, and then there's Bailey and Sasha literally tied, and then everybody else below them. Um, and I I don't even want to put them two A two B because I don't think I don't think they're in that they're not remotely close to Charlotte and Becky, and I think it showed this past week. When, you know, Adam Pierce opened up the folder for Sasha to sign and she's like, is this, is this a setup? Is this a setup, Adam? Are you in on this? And then like, it's just very like fucking nasally. It's very fucking like clearly pre-scripted and pre-planned. Like there was like the emotion was so fake. And it's funny because like, I just watched your asshole Mandalorian act. Like I know you can, I know you can act. You're just... You're not like I don't know. I don't know if they're phoning it in because there's no crowd reaction or what. But like between her and this whole fucking ding dong shit that Bailey does, I'm like, you guys are too fucking good for this. Right. You've been involved too fucking long to be this fucking oblivious to how bad your promos sound. Um, I just I don't know. I, I'm sorry. It just bothers me at how you know how much shit we give AEW on this show for their women's division and how fucking much of a snooze fest it is and how poorly booked it is and how la- how much talent they lack. But WWE's not much better. They're really not. Main roster, they're really not. Women's roster on NXT is fucking on fire. And we'll get to that. But yep. this this main roster is fucking putrid. Like, when, when fucking Lana is pulling in numbers... Somehow, some fucking way. Maybe it's just because people love human pain and torture, and they love they love watching somebody get put through a fucking table for nine straight weeks, which is a fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. I just don't understand. Like, why is Oscar teaming up with Lana? Oscar's the women's fucking champion. Put her in a match. She doesn't need to win the right. tag titles. Like we've went nope. down this road. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We've been down this road. She's been the women's champion with the, the tag championship, and it just doesn't work. Whatever. We'll move on. And we're not even going to cover the Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler. That was my thoughts on that. That was very quick. Yeah. Um, New Day, Hurt. Yeah. Why, why wasn't Nia Jax part of those people that got sent down? <laughs> we don't need to go down. We don't need to We don't need to go through that, though. Yeah. But uh, you and I both know. Yeah. So the New Day versus Hurt business is something I'm interested in. Um, 
I think, like we've said before, these two tag teams have a tremendous amount of talent between the two of them and a te- tremendous amount of chemistry between two of them. Um, so I'm excited for that match. Um, we uh, will move on from TLC build and the main roster. Like I said, you know, we're not overly impressed what's going on, but we're still watching. Uh, we'll move on to, do you want to do AW or NXT next? Uh, let's go ahead and run through AEW. All right. Uh, well, actually, you know what? We'll save AEW because that'll lead into the the cross brand. Okay. So uh, we'll do. So so let's dive into NXT. So we had NXT War Games. Um, Pat McAfee. Everybody keeps saying it's sad. Pat McAfee is the best promo guy in WWE at the moment, and they're like, "Oh, that's sad." You know, he's not even a full time wrestler. Yes, he's not, but he is a TV personality. He's a personality in and of himself. Um, and I have a tremendous amount of fun watching that guy talk and that guy get in the ring and do the little bit of stuff he actually knows how to do. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed. As much as I enjoyed Stephen Amell's short run in WWE and in professional wrestling, Pat McAfee might be the number one celebrity wrestler that WWE's ever had. Yeah, you, you can't argue with, like, the guy, you know, for 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 being a punter, right? And we, we you know, be, Some, you know, yeah. you being a football coach and, you know, I, I enjoy the game of football and, and things like that. And punters catch a lot of crap. Right. But, uh, the dude's got talent. He's athletic, yeah. like, you know, and, and he's a fan of the, of the business and it shows and he, and he just embraces that. And, 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 you know, well, like he, he realizes, he realizes that wrestling or professional wrestling is just you your personality amplified by 10. That's all it is. Yeah. You just rank it up. Um, but he also is the only guy that I think could have got Danny Burch, Oni Lorcan and Pete Dunn as a trio over to the point that you believe that UE was in danger of at any point in time, losing a war games match. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. So I, I thought, you know, the build for that was great. Um, the build for Gargano, um, priest and, What's his name? Rough. Rough. Sorry. I, I, I don't mean to, to forget the little guys or the, the underdog's name, but yeah. So Leon Ruff, Damian Priest, and Gargano, Johnny Gargano was great. I did not see the ghost face thing coming. I can honestly Me say I thought, I thought the ghost face we were just going to get was what's her name? Um, the, the chick that's been helping Candace. I was like, okay, we, we, she, she revealed her, you know, her, herself, you know, last week or whatever, like, okay, that makes sense. And then, you know, obviously we get the interference that allows Johnny to win back the North American title. And it's another ghost face. And I'm like, why is she still wearing this? Like, obviously I didn't, I knew it wasn't a female. Yeah, we knew it was Indy Hartwell, but like, but yeah. then, it, then it wasn't Indy Hartwell. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, it's all in theory. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I don't know where long-term where that leads us with the, with those two. Um, Cause I still think Austin theory is the future. As much as I know he caught a lot of shit for that, you know, the the speaking out Me Too movement stuff. I do think he, yeah. he's the future of NXT. Um, I think he will be an NXT world champion at some point when that happens. Who knows? Um, but I, I do like Gargano getting the belt back. But obviously, I think the next thing they're going to do with him is he's not going to defend the belt until like the next takeover or whatever, because he, he the jo- the running joke is he's cursed and he's going to lose right. the belt anytime he defends it. 
Um, so I think that's what they're going to try and run on probably till Royal Rumble, like basically him getting out of any title defenses that he needs to get out of. Um, either that or, or he'll have a match and like get disqualified or get counted out or he'll find ways to keep the champion. Yeah. Traditional, traditional heel tactics, which we're all about. Um, and then you got, um, distinct, is it distinguished or what's the gentleman, the NXT UK tag team? Grizzled young veterans, sorry. Oh, the gri- I was about to say, I was like, Grizzle, which gri- one are you talking about? Grizzled veterans or whatever, you know what I'm talking Grizzled about. Grizzled young veterans. Yeah, yep. the fucking name that doesn't make sense. Um, but they, they've they been popping up a lot lately on, on NXT television. Um, obviously, Imperium is still sticking around, and then you get um, Ever Rise, which is fucking mind-blowing to me that they've been featured as much as they have, and they're actually getting over. Um I think NXT slowly but surely doing it, but they're rebuilding their their tag division. I think they realize they need to because they are getting fucking demolished in that category, literally company wide by AW. It's not even close. Um, so I'm interested in that. I'm interested to see where that goes, even if it's just eventually Imperium getting another shot at the tag titles and winning them from Lorkin and Birch. Uh, but. Obviously, uh, at War Games, we got the women's match, no women's title match, because um, Io Shirai was involved. I did not see that level of domination coming from the the bad guy side. Uh, I was very, very surprised. I guess maybe because they were, they were going to put UE over later on. Um, but I did not see... Um, What's her name? Candice LeRae's team winning so handedly, like they did. Yeah, like, I mean, I saw them. I, like, I I predicted that they were gonna win, but uh, like, first of all, I I have problems with with this match, and I don't I can't remember if it was you or somebody else I was talking with that. Io Shirai, women's champion, right? She's involved in that. Now I get why she got pulled into it, but I hate the fact that it was. Team Shotzi Blackheart and not yeah. You brought Io that up last. Team. Yeah, you brought that up last yeah. last issue for for this. Right. So I, I have problems with that. I also have a problem with the champ taking the pin. I get why they do it, right, to set up a future title match. But I, I it just it bothers me the, that they use this match. The biggest to do it. The biggest thing for me from this whole the whole women's division right now in NXT, because it is hot. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of, there's a lot of talent and not a lot of TV time. My big thing, ooh, sorry. My big thing, um, Rhea Ripley has been booked so roller coastery. I don't know how to feel about her anymore. Like, I don't know, should I be behind her and excited when she wins a match? Cause I don't see, there's no payoff for her at the moment. Like, she's not getting world title opportunities. If she gets it, like she did against Ira Shirai, she loses, which makes no sense. Like, Ira Shirai is a good champion, but she could take it. She, at this point, she could take an L, like, and be okay and survive it. Because at this point, like, she, I don't want to say she's so irrelevant to the brand at the moment, but she is. Like, she didn't, there was no need for her to have a title match at, at War Games because. There's nobody, everybody that's anybody was was, was in, in the mix of the War Games match. And my problem with Ira Shirai's booking in the War Games match 
wasn't that she was even in it. Like like you said, it it made sense. That was probably the best slide in booking that they did by having her get taken out the one week and then coming out the next and declaring that she was going to be a member of, of Shotzi Blackheart's team. My problem is, is she should have been the ace in the hole. Like she should have been the last person out of the cage who comes in and lays wreckage. Even if she loses by like some nefarious means, maybe she gets hit with a chair and she's just knocked out cold and three, three of the, of the five women pile on top of her and it's a pen. Like, make her lose, but make her look good in loss. She didn't look good in that match. She looked weak. She was getting bullied. You know, it literally takes Rhea Ripley to save everybody, and then eventually she gets taken out, and then they end up, you know, losing the match. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's that. Obviously, no no NXT tag championship match whatsoever on the card because they were involved in the War Games match. Um, The Dexter Loomis... Uh, Cameron Grimes feud. Thank God that's fucking over. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Who, I don't know who's got an infatuation with these two in the ring, but they just don't do anything for me. Um, Tomasa Ciampa though, and um, Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher. God damn, that was a brutal match. Those guys beat the yeah. shit out of each other, which was cool. Which was good. Um, which I think is going to lead into more programming between the two of them. Obviously, Timothy Thatcher came out and watched Ciampa wrestle um, this past Wednesday. Um, I honestly, I think you know, I, I think that's a that's a program I can get behind. Um, yeah, but you know what? I almost feel like they they could be one of those opposites attract and become a tag uh, team. Tag team. Yeah. I can see that, yeah, which which would work. But then it puts Ciampa right back at, like, square one again where he doesn't need to be. Ciampa's a main event yeah. guy for them. But, but I, I get it. The, the main event picture right now is crowded. You got, you know, yeah. you, you got Priest, you got Dunn, you got Cross, um, you got Kyle O'Reilly now who's who's obviously interested and in, the WWE's interested in keeping him as a singles main event level guy, which is cool with me. He, his match versus Finn was great. Um, no NXT championship match because Finn is, I'm assuming still dealing with his jaw, which makes sense. Um, but he has been appearing on television, cutting promos. And then obviously we, we just touched on it a little bit. Karen cross made his return. He attacked, uh, Damian priest, um, mm-hmm. in his super plaid red and black jacket. Cause he's a super badass, you know, and he's got to drive away in his, his souped up sports car instead of just being, you know, his character, I don't know, maybe just disappearing. This guy, I'm supposed to believe this guy who's supposed to be this supernatural being, apparently. Uh, he just drives a fucking Dodge Challenger around Florida. It's cool, though. We don't need to keep yeah. K-Fab or nothing, WWE. <laughs> um, but he, um, obviously coming back, it's a big thing for the NXT universe because his sights are squarely set on the world title. And I, I think Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor will be a good match. But it's going to be tough. I think they're going to have to play on Karen Cross's injury because Karen Cross was so dominant before his injury. You almost have to. You almost have to 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 play on the injury to get us to believe that Balor stands a chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Finn's vindictive and Finn is 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 cerebral in the ring and like we get it, but he's he is significantly smaller than Cross. And I think that size comparison and difference is going to hurt him in the long run. 
in this in, in a feud with Cross because Cross was booked so dominantly. You're talking about a guy who basically choked Keith Lee out, put anybody else out, you know, that came in his fucking path like within seconds. Like it's gonna be interesting to see the dynamics that they, they use to get that match or that feud over in the ring. Interested in it nonetheless. Um I'd be interested in and any of the four gentlemen who are stepping forward, even Kyle O'Reilly, I wouldn't mind seeing a part two to that feud. Um, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, so we'll. Uh, I think that kind of wraps up NXT. Everything that's that's going on with there. Um, they have New Year's Evil coming up on New Year's Eve, I believe, or is it New Year's Day? One or two. Uh, it's like New Year's Day. Yeah. Um, which which like I said, they're they're diving into the the holiday thing, which is pretty cool. NXT competing with AEW in these themed weekly shows is pretty cool. Um, it adds a little bit of uh, uh, spice, so to speak, to your weekly television wrestling schedule. Um, we will. Speaking of AEW, we'll dive into AEW next. Um, winter is coming. Uh, was what two weeks ago now? Um. Yeah. I mean, probably the biggest dynamite to date for AEW, um, which is a good thing. And I think I think it gets lost on a lot of people. Like, AEW consistently seems to be doing bigger things. Obviously, they're a brand new company, so the bar was low. It was nothing at the start. But they, they, they continue to outdo themselves on free television. Um, and it's pretty cool to see that, that they're interested in that. They're not interested in just making a buck want a pay-per-view they actually want to give you some things that you know you can enjoy for free um through you know through your weekly broadcast television um at winter is coming you've got um obviously sting debuting um or or, or arriving in AEW. uh i thought it was pretty cool i've never been a huge sting guy as long as he's not booked into like a world title or any title type of picture if he just wants one last run where maybe he gets in a ring with somebody he trusts and he can maintain his health and he gets a, a proper retirement send off. I'm okay with that. Um, obviously he apparent uh, supposedly inked a multi-year deal with AEW. Uh, I would presume it's a limited active in ring role with probably a lot of backstage, you know, say, and, you know, producing and whatever, um, for the company. Probably uh, like a Jake Roberts. Yeah. Uh, without the Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then obviously the other big news coming out of winter is coming is Kenny Omega. Uh, not only winning the AW World Championship, which I think we all kind of knew was going to happen, yeah. um, but the way he won it. Um, Don Callis from Impact Wrestling stepping in on commentary and then eventually getting involved in the match and him and Kenny playing the, okay, I'm running out, you know, we're running out. We're taking a title and leaving the company angle, which was pretty cool. Um, Right. Uh, one of your one of your vice presidents is the champ, and he's leaving the company. Yeah, and that was and that was something I didn't uh, obviously I didn't foresee coming. I don't think anybody. Saw, I think we knew heel Kenny was coming. We just didn't know to what, um, you know, whatever. So yeah. uh, we had the battle royale for the AEW Dynamite Ring. MJF and Orange Cassidy uh, advanced to the final, which was wrestled this past week, which the inner circle ended up helping MJF beat Orange Cassidy to win his second um, AEW Dynamite ring. Um, it was interesting to see that they brought back the tournament for this. I didn't know if it was going to be like a one-off thing because Ring of Honor did the same thing and they just never did it again. 
Um, uh, Chris Jericho battled uh, Frankie Kazarian in a singles match, which I thought was a good match. I like that Jericho does this. Like these matches in the grand scheme of things don't really matter. But if somebody beats Chris Jericho, they matter. You know what I mean? Like, like when Orange Cassidy beat Jericho, you're like, holy shit, Orange Cassidy beat Chris Jericho. And it led to a program. Like Frankie Kazarian's a guy that's obviously a tag, more known as a tag team guy, but he's been in the business for such a long time. And they raised the point. This was the first time that Chris Jericho and Frank Kazarian in over 20-something years of peace of being in the business had ever wrestled a match together. Right. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, Britt Baker squashes some enhancement talent, um, but still got a 10-minute match out of her, which is impressive. Um, and then Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes eventually defeat, you know, they defeat Team Taz, Ricky Starks, and um, Powerhouse Hobbs. But that's where we got Sting. And then, like we said, Moxley Omega um, for the world title, which was almost a 30-minute match, by the way, when all said and done. So they gave you a 30-minute world title match on free broadcast television. Um. So yeah, I thought it was a good show. I I I enjoyed I enjoyed like I watched that show and I felt like I was watching a pay-per-view. I didn't feel like I was watching like dynamite. It had that feel to it, that big of a feel to it, which is which was cool. Um but I think uh I think they've been booking well. They 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 teased the inner circle breaking up um this past week on AEW. Um obviously that did not happen. Um, um, they all kind of came to their senses and decided that they wanted to stick together rather than, um, than break up. Um, and then you have more development between Hangman Page and um, the Inner Cert or the Dark Order. Um, it's seeming more and more likely that they are going, he's going to join them in some way, shape, or form. Who knows? Um, but Sting came out and addressed the AEW crowd for the first time in a very like weird, like breaking K Fab promo for me. Did you feel the same way? Did, did you watch that his interaction with Cody this past week? Yeah, like you know, it was more of like a hey, I'm I'm just I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be you know still relevant after you know 400 years in the business. Um, and doing pretty much the same thing that I've been doing since 1996. Yeah. Uh, so, um, which is fine. Like, yeah, like you, like I'm not a huge Sting fan, right? Like, yeah. Uh, his and then in wrestling, you know, wrestling gimmicks are ripoffs of other stuff. It's just his was so blatantly ripped off from from the crow. Yeah. And, and everything that he's done, you know, he even did the Joker while he was in TNA. Yeah, he um, he actually hit him with a Joker line at the end when he hit him with the "I'll see you around, kid." It's actually a, a line from the Jack Nicholson Joker. Um, right. It's it's one of those things. Like, look, I appreciate everything that thing has. It's just like Hulk Hogan, right? And people love Hulk Hogan. I do not, uh, no. but I, I can get it. I I can understand his importance to the wrestling business, what he's contributing, you know, what his contributions have been. Yeah. But I'm never going to go like, Oh yeah, I'm a fan of sting. Like, like how I was a, or, and still am like a I fan am, of Rowdy like, Piper. Right. Like I'm I was, a fan. I was, I was legitimately bummed out when Piper passed away. 
I'm a like, fan of I am a fan of Sting in the ring. Uh, I so I went on that little binge probably what a year and a half ago where I watched WCW WWF Monday Night Wars start to finish like the the shows. I watched each each Raw and Nitro. There's not a guy in the ring that I think in his time where his character was so larger than life they could perform in the ring as well. Like Hogan is Hogan is an over over performer. Like he was larger than life because of his personality, not because of his in-ring ability. And people, oh, well, you didn't see his New Japan. No, I've seen his New Japan shit. It doesn't make fucking a month in New Japan doesn't take over for 20-something years in the business for me. But watching Sting wrestle, like his matches with Flair, you know, in, in w, early WCW and even late WCW were great. You know, he's a guy that made Hogan look good in WCW. He's a guy that made Kevin Nash look good. He was a guy that consistently was booked with guys who had less than talent and made them look more than. Um, so I do like Sting in the ring. I agree his character for me is kind of wishy-washy. Like you said, he was so derived from the Crow. Like it worked in that time period because the Crow was so popular. Um, but at now it's kind of like, okay, well, you're still wearing this type of, fi- like he could almost go back to like, like I, like the American sting, like the red, white, and blue face paint. And I think people would be like, okay, that makes sense. You're still sting. You're still the stinger. Yeah, you're just not the crow because you're not sitting up in the rafters anymore, you know, in a black trench coat. But I get right. it. I get it. The crow was by far the most popular brand he ever associated himself with. So might, might as well just make the money off of it while you can. Yeah, um, I, but we to also... Each own, to each their own. Yeah, well. we, we also got the continuation of the Shaquille O'Neal involvement in AEW, which I don't think anybody fucking cares about. But hey, let's keep pushing that. Um, nope, but not one person. Not, not Brandy one... Brandy Rose. Brandy Rose cares. Yeah, not one fucking person. And once again, like, I like Brandy, and I like her role and I think you know she does her job well for the company but it's like the second segment in a row like she's going full hood like oh hell no oh hell no like is this Jerry Springer like this shit's not in like I'm not interested in that like that's not what I'm turning into wrestling for and there might be some people that turn into wrestling for that I don't know but I can tell you this I don't think WWE's ever done something like that where like oh you gonna come out here you ain't gonna respect my man like like literally, legitimately, like two weeks ago, and then this week, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching Jerry Springer. That's what I felt like, and I'm like, that's just not what I'm looking for. Um, and then obviously, uh, Kenny showing up. He showed up on Impact the previous night, and him and Don Callis cut one hell of a promo. Yeah, it was good. About you know they've been building this for three years now. They pulled the wool over everybody else's eyes, and now they're the top draw in the comp you know in the world again and blah 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 he arrives the next night on imp on um uh on aw dynamite via helicopter um goes to the ring cuts a very short promo basically saying the same promo points that they, they did on impact the night before but he hits everybody with his you know his catchphrase of you know good night Goodbye, good night, bang. Um, so I think that they're 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 gonna give you more Kenny on impact probably over the next month than you are going to see of Kenny on dynamite, which may be a good thing, maybe a bad thing. I don't know. 
Um, yeah. So, and then obviously MJF won the the diamond ring again with the help or assist of, um, inner circle. And then Miro came out to the ring and demolished the the best friends. Uh, what? So, yeah. So that'll segue. Uh, let's, let's just use that Kenny Omega talking points. That'll segue into our discussion to wrap up this issue. Um, Obviously, it, it has been done before, and it is continuously done, um, even to this day prior. You know, I'm, I don't want to say that AEW impacts partnership, and by any way stretching the imagination is the only cross-branding we've seen in modern era. Obviously, you get New Japan and Ring of Honor. Um, at one point, you got New Japan and Impact. Um, but I don't think we've ever seen two nationally televised American-based companies work together where ownership was different. So, like, WCW back in the day worked with New Japan. They had their their um, War of the Worlds pay-per-views where, you know, the top WCW talent would go over and wrestle the top um, New Japan talent. Um, and obviously, varying matches, p- certain people would go over from certain brands. But, I don't, like I said... I can't recall the last time, you know, a company owned by owner A and a company owned by owner B had a mutual agreement to book their champions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I don't think Kenny Omega will lose the AEW championship to anybody on Impact, but it could happen, you know, or vice versa. I don't think any, I don't think anybody on Impact will lose the belt. But it could. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the working agreement is. But this. This is interesting though, because now it's not just AW and Impact, but AW has a working relationship with NWA. And then you know, I would assume at some point, maybe even Ring of Honor gets involved in this, or Major League Wrestling, or some. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if if this doesn't open up the floodgates for this type of stuff. Um, Well. And I don't think, but I don't think WWE will ever be a part of it. I really don't. Oh, no, 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 no. They'll never, the WWE will stay in their sandbox forever and always. There will never be a time where you pull a major, major competitor. And I, and I, and I'll use that term loosely because like impact isn't really a major competitor, but, um, you know, another wrestling company, you're never going to pull them in but, like they, because WWE just buys them. You yeah. know, they, they don't want to compete. They want to buy them. They use the talent. They've, they've been doing it for forever. That's, I mean, that's why Vince McMahon has so much hatred in, in the wrestling world is because he went and he bought up all the territories. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, like then he bought ECW yeah. and he bought WCW, you know? And so and that's, I don't see it. I and, don't see it happening. And that's the thing, like you said that with, with WCW, like people like you get, Oh, they had the invasion. They had, well, yeah, but Vince owned everything at that point. Like we're at the point right now, like, you know, the North has have teased that they want to have a match with the revival and that, you know, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the good brothers have teased that they would love, they would love the rest of the Bucks, And they've all talked about these different things and done these different things. And like, we might actually get this stuff like to where, one of the things that I keep picturing like in the back of my mind is like, I mean, Kenny's got a good, well, the, a lot of the people have a good relationship with, with new Japan too. 
Well, could we? Kenny, Kenny's is tumultuous. There's actually a really good YouTube video. Um, they when they were doing um wrestlers in room service, uh, the right. Bucks and Kenny sat down and they basically they they divulged all the shit that happened with their departures from New Japan and basically. Everybody but Ken- Kenny had a standing offer that if they wanted to, they could come back and wrestle. Kenny was kind of ostracized by Kurt. By I don't know if they're still there, but New Japan management at the time of his separation from the company because they believe they invested so much into him and he just kind of used it and then left them. Um, but in all reality, I think I mean you can't blame as a fan. I don't think anybody could ever blame Kenny for doing what he did because. I mean, he's he's an executive of, in my opinion, the second largest wrestling company in the world at this point. Like, as much as I love right. New Japan, they just they don't have the like AWs in every market around the world. Where New Japan doesn't even have. I don't. I don't. With Impact being on Access now, I don't think New Japan's on broadcast television anywhere in any means in the United States. You have to have their app in order to watch it. Right. Um, well, but what I'm but what I'm thinking is if. If they can, if they can pull that off, oh, if they, if they can pull off if, New Japan, yeah. If Ada, then you, then you can then with all of this cross promotion stuff, not only will New Japan benefit, everybody benefit by rehashing the Bullet Club in, on American television. Like, yeah, in the American like, market, on a major, yeah, on a major platform or yeah. major platforms. Period, and, and and not just that. You you now like it's easy for WWE to squash the squash the little bug. You know, it's easy for WWE to squash Ring of Honor momentum be, by just signing everybody. It's really easy for WWE to squash Impact. It's really easy for a uh, WWE to squash Major League Wrestling or Evolve or even New Japan at times, and sometimes you know even AEW. But you know. We all have seen Endgame. We saw how it finished. You know, Vince can hold the Infinity Gauntlet for so long, but when everybody unites and everybody comes together, eventually Thanos falls. So at the end of the day, I hate to say this, but if Vince allows this type of thing to happen, WWE is going to lose. And like we've said this, like WWE's not going anywhere. We've said this before. This might be the first legitimate shot or chink in the armor of WWE is allowing these brands to cross over and do it successfully because we obviously it's it's in its infancy right now. But if AEW can prove that they can work with Impact, their talent gets over, Impact talent gets over, it bolsters both shows. If they prove that they can work with NWA and do the same thing, and then, like you said, once travel restrictions, things kind of, you know, subside, maybe New Japan needs to make a little bit of money. AEW wants to make a splash. Maybe Tony Khan can sit down with ownership of New Japan and they can work it out to where you send your talent to us and we'll send some talent to you and we'll do things like that. Dude, that's fucking dangerous. You you, yep. wanna, you mean to tell me the first match that, that Okada wrestles on American soil that's not under the New Japan banner will be for AEW? That's a fucking major get. You know, you mean to tell me that Jay White's going to come over and wrestle Rick, Rich Swan for the, the Impact World Championship? Because that's, that's, that's the thing. It's not just AEW that's going to benefit. Now, if AEW is a sole proprietor of this brand partnership 
shit where like their guys like their company is the the title company yeah i don't think it works but if in proxy of aw you know aw partnering with new japan new japan also then partners with all the rest of the companies that are in association with aw boy come on now that's a no-brainer there's no way you're not going to tune in to a Tuesday night match between Jay White and, and you know, Moose or Jay White and Ethan Page or fucking Will Ospreay. I know Will Ospreay said he has no interest in wrestling stateside because he obviously does Rev Pro in, in England and he run, helps run that, that, that company in and of itself. But could you imagine right now Will Ospreay versus, I don't know, Ray Phoenix or Will Ospreay versus, fuck, Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega at this point? Like, these are matches people would love to fucking see. Tama Tonga um, in the Girls of Destiny versus, versus the Young Bucks or versus FTR. All the shit they've talked back and forth with one another for years. Like, yeah. the possibilities are fucking endless. And that should absolutely terrify WWE. Because you know what, you know what that, those possibilities afford these guys? TV time. You know what TV time affords? Advertisement money and TV money. TV money affords people bigger contracts, which now, yes, I may work for AEW, but I'm not only wrestling AEW on Wednesday nights, I'm wrestling AEW on Wednesday nights, and I have the ability to fly, take the next week off, go to Japan, wrestle a couple nights in Japan, come back, wrestle, you know, you know do a promo or do a short vignette, take a week off, so my body doesn't have to be fucking destroyed. Like, I'm telling you, dude, like this, this, this could be that, you know, this could be that moment in wrestling where bridges start to align and WWE for the first time in a long time is on the outside looking in. Um, and obviously WWE has done their best to gobble up companies in the last six months too. They bought Evolve, they bought uh Progress, they brought they've bought um ICW and they bought that um German based one is a GXW or whatever. Um but nobody knows anybody from the fucking brands. Every brand that I just named Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, NWA, and AW, you can name five wrestlers from each brand. Off the top of your head. But that's my point. Like I'm telling you, man, I, I honestly like with Kenny doing what he did and then him showing up on Impact, he, he set records for the most Twitch streams because that's that's how I ended up watching Impact. I watch it through Twitch because I don't have access. Access isn't on my, my, my TV package. So I watch it through Twitch. They set a Twitch record for the number of, number of viewers for their stream. Um, you know, he obviously, you know, AEW numbers, AEW numbers for winners coming was just south of a million. The next week, they were just south of a million. So clearly fans are interested. They pulled in the they pulled in the impact crowd that might not have been watching AEW. Um I'm telling you I think this 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 spells bigger and better things I think in my opinion for wrestling. Right. But but they have to they have to continue to execute, right? Doing yes. it once? Cool. You did it once. You've got to do it long term and if you can't do it long term and yeah. guess what? And at it, this, it's like it, it was a it was a cool moment in wrestling history, but that's all it was was and, the moment. And my thing is, is at this point, Kenny's Kenny's 
kind of turning in. You know what's funny? You know, history or wrestling history is, is it's, it's reciprocal. It repeats itself consistently. Austin Aries did this through like three or four years ago. When he left WWE, he went out, he joined Impact, and he became the belt collector. And he was going to all these independents and winning their belts. And he was going to, you know, he went to Impact and won a bunch of belts. Like, I think at one point he had like eight or nine championships. Like, Kenny's doing the same gimmicks, a little bit smaller scale in, my, in the sense of number of belts. But, like, if he wins the Impact world title and then decides, okay, well, now I want to challenge Nick Aldis. I'm with the NWA world title. And he wins that. And then, you know, he, he decides he wants to, you know, he's, he's already the AAA champion for AAA down in Mexico. Like, and then, like you said, maybe Ring of Honor, or we said maybe Ring of Honor, maybe New Japan. If they get involved and he can win a belt from them, could you imagine Kenny Omega walking around with every major title except the WWE world title, obviously, in professional right. wrestling? Like, that'd be a fucking insane gimmick for him. It'd be tough to pull off because you've got to pull a lot of strings to be the title holder in every company, especially a company right. like New Japan. But I could see if right. New Japan was trying to break into the American market or try to get their partnership with AEW over, they would put the belt on Kenny. I don't think they would hesitate to do it because um, they know he would actually represent in Japan. He would represent their company well because he loves the people over there and he loves the country and culture. Right. Um, but... Yeah, so obviously we'll continue to follow that. Um, I just thought that'd be a good talking point to end the show on because, like I said, we've 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 never experienced it to this level in modern wrestling, and I guess like you you could say the PG era. Um, any any partnership between brands is usually based off of Vince buying something, where obviously Tony Khan doesn't own Impact, and nobody from Impact has any ownership in AEW. So them having a, it's funny. It's like, you know, WWE takes their pot shots at AEW when they can, and they do things to counter program against them. And when I, I get it, that's the market. That's what you're supposed to do. But now it's funny. It's like the two bullied kids are like, all right, man, well, if we can't take them apart, let's do it together. Like that's, that, that had to have been the fucking conversation. Like, hey, our numbers are good. Your numbers are good. They're not amazing. Let's get together and work together and do this. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting. I I guarantee you Rich Swan will be um, appearing on AEW programming in the next month or so because they keep booking like Rich Swan can't leave. Like people can't leave the building because Kenny Omega's bus is outside. Or, you know, he can't, you know, the, the champ has, they're calling, referring to Kenny as the champ on Impact, where obviously Rich Swan is the champion, but also Moose is the champion. And there's a lot, a lot that Impact could clean up a little bit, but not enough that I'm like super upset with how this is going. Um, but, um, so yeah, that'll, you have any other thoughts on that before we, uh, I do not, man. I think this is interesting. We'll, we'll monitor it. And if it, Keeps going. We'll we'll keep talking about it. Yep. So um, that'll wrap up today's issue number twenty nine of the Dad's Got Issues podcast. Uh, our Inside the Ropes edition for all things professional wrestling and all things opinionated from two guys who watch way too much of it. Um, <laughs> obviously uh, Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, they're doing um, some build up. I guess final build up for TLC. Um, we'll see. Obviously, we'll yep. obviously we'll watch, but 
We'll see see what they give us tonight. Um, if you are not doing so already, you can follow us on all forms of social media at DGI Podcast um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, our Instagram feeds died a little bit as far as like our, our number of daily posts, but we've been monitoring some news and things like that, so we've been putting things out in spurts. Um, we will have a full Around the Multiverse issue for you guys on Friday. Um, and on Wednesday, we will actually have a special guest. Um, she is a good friend of mine off of TikTok. Uh, her handle is, I believe, comics underscore cupcakes. Uh, she is a female comic book collector, um, and, um, influencer on there. And she has agreed to come on and assist us with our hot off the press issue this week. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about women, women in comic book culture as our discussion topic at the end of the issue. Um, but, uh, she will be helping us with our breakdowns for weekly books on Wednesday. Um, as always, if you have anything that you would like to hear us talk about, uh, please feel free to reach out to us on social media, through email, all our information's on all of our social media pages. Um, comment, interact, let us know what you guys want to hear. Uh, we do appreciate the growth in listeners that we've seen over the last probably, I don't know, three or four weeks. Uh, we went from averaging about 12 listeners a week to now we're getting about 12 to 14 listeners a day, which is pretty nice. Um, yeah. and as long Thank as, you. yeah, we, we appreciate that. As long as numbers continue to grow, we'll continue to do this and try and put out better content and coverage for you guys and gals out there. Um, do you have anything else, Charlie? I do not, sir. All right. Well, we will, uh, let you guys go then. And, uh, I'll let Charlie send us home. All right, man. If you got nothing else, let's go ahead and get our music. 